Hey everybody listening to Commander Cookout Podcast, I am Brando, I am here with Ryan, it is episode 4, the real episode 4, not the last episode 4, which was actually episode 3, we are updating that because sometimes we're not very good with numbers. Today we are going to talk about what makes us spicy, what makes you want to listen to the best Commander Podcast on the planet, which is this one, it's our spice list, our spice formula, hit our theme song! Hey everybody, I'm I'm Brando. How you doing, Ryan? I can't help it. <laughs> He's laughing. He's laughing in preparation of what we're gonna talk about but today I'm on the show. Because we have to re-record this stupid intro. Oh. <laughs> it was a great intro. Oh. Is what it was. It was great. It might have been better before. Nah. I don't care. Nah, this was a good one. So today we're gonna talk about what makes kind of us us, which is our spice formula, which makes us unique, which is makes the decks we talk about unique. And it's how we decide. It's how we tell if they're unique or not. Exactly. And it, it kind of will spur our conversations for basically every episode you're going to listen to. So you're going to hear some theory. You're going to hear some build stuff. You're going to hear some super fun stories. Yeah. And uh, be generally entertained by how we came up with basically the yeah, idea for what we're going to talk about Most today. of today's episode will give you kind of an insight into the spice formula. We'll gloss over a little bit of um, the actual meat and potatoes, if you will, of the... Um, all of the things that we can talk about on all of the different parameters that go into how we kind of determine how spicy something is. Um, But you'll get a good idea, and it'll let you know the kinds of things that we look for if you're looking to, let's say, uh, give us an Atraxa deck that is spicy as opposed to boring. Yes, most of them are boring. Yep. Because they've all been done before, so we're looking for something that's a little different. Yep. Um, also, quick, quick cleanup though, um, because we are recording this episode. I didn't think of this the last time we recorded this intro. We're recording this episode prior to episode three that yep. we called for, but it's three. Um, we don't know if anybody tweeted our Twitter announcement of the episode. So we don't have a winner yet. And if nobody tweeted, I'm going to keep the altar. So screw yeah. you. So we're, either way, somebody wins. Yep. Either you win or somebody else wins. Yep. Ryan's really good, by the way, at uh, altering cards. Sometimes I get lazy. I don't know. Mostly on my own it. stuff, though. Yeah, this is going to be way better. This is, this is to promote this the is, show. This is the Commander Cookout middle finger. Exactly. On a card. We don't know what card it's going to be yet. But we'll we'll think of something. I gotta think so, of some middle finger esque card. Yeah. So CCO podcast on Twitter. Check us out. Give us some retweets on the show, and maybe you'll have a shiny new sweet card coming to you yep. in the mail. And if you found us somewhere that isn't commandersociety.com, go to commandersociety.com because they actually have some legit stuff, and it's updated fairly frequently. It's not like oh, I check it on Monday. Well, check it on Monday because that's when we post. But yeah. Um, Monday's the most Check it more often day. than that because there's almost daily content. Yeah, which is nice because it keeps you keeps you updated on your commander stuff. And you know what I like about it, and this is just off the cuff. They're not actually telling me to say this, but I like that um, there's podcasts there. I like that there are articles there that you can read which is fine if you've got some time to just sit and read. But the videos that have been coming up that do like uh, mini deck techs and what have you are like a few minutes long. It's not like they're, here, check this one card out, play it in this deck, and it's like a minute long. And it's not like it's a 15 or 20-minute show or whatever. 
like when you go onto YouTube and you're looking to watch something, um, it's like five, eight minutes long. So if I'm eating breakfast at work, it's like, oh, sit down, watch this video, or I'm riding the bus back from my site to my camp. Uh, I get to um, take a few minutes and learn about something. That's pretty good. Should we re- should we video us recording one of these? Uh, people can be jealous of our view. Well, the view isn't very good now because it's night. That's true. Meaning we just crushed beers. That's correct. We well, did crush some beers before beer we did Beer each. Yeah, but still. We're going to crush beer later because I got that growler still. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. We talked about the growler last week. Yeah, and this week as well, obviously. Yep. So now before we get down into the business, I did make a promise, <laughs> and I'm going to keep that promice. I get to laugh again. I'm going to keep this promise. The promise is I'm going to tell you about the time that I pooped somebody else's pants. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. So I'm going to take you back to a time back in time, maybe 10 years ago, to when I was did we, moving. What, did, did we decide it was 10? It's 10-ish. Let's, let's go with 10-ish. Let's go 10-ish. Yeah. It's the, I can give you a, a milestone in time because it is the genesis, the birth of the Wendy's Baconator. Yeah. We all remember the Wendy's Baconator. Do they still have that? I think probably, they probably Wendy's. Do. They would never get rid of something like that. So it's my very first time having a Wendy's Baconator, and it's on the way out of Saskatoon to go to Prince Albert. Prince Albert's where Ryan's from, incidentally. Yep. And Prince Albert's Saskatchewan. Yeah, it's yes, all, it's called Prince Albert. Get over yourself. Yeah, it's also basically a prison encampment. It's, uh, it's, yeah. yeah, it's got like nine prisons in it. When people say, oh, you're from wherever, that's the PA of wherever. This is the PA of everywhere. It's basically the butthole of it's, the earth. It's PA. Yeah. It's where dr- young dreams go to die and yep. where all the great people probably leave because it's PA. Yep. So we're on our way there. We're moving our buddy in there because he's he's moving out there because he's Somebody making... decided they wanted to live here. Yeah. Who wasn't born here and had to live there for a while. Yeah. He's, he had, uh, he's making some, some not so good life decisions. He's on his way out there. We're helping to move because we're good friends. Not so good that we're going to talk about a move in there, but good <laughs> friends. And I had a Baconator, so less good friends still. And for those of the people that know me, I don't handle greasy food real great. Nope. So about 10 minutes into the drive after I finished this burger. How long is the drive? Like two hours. <laughs> on like a cow path road that I've been led to believe is now double lane. It's a double highway But at now. the time, it was like a pothole riddled mess mm. and it was horrible. And I'm curled up on the backseat of this car in gut-wrenching <laughs> agony. It feels like there's a bunch of vice grips just working inside me. It is so bad. And there's nowhere to stop in between here and PA. There's no farmer's field or some weird Tim Hortons out in the middle of nowhere. You don't oh, want to stop yeah. there. And when you get to PA, <laughs> when you get there... Bylaw there says all bathrooms need to have black lights so you can't see your veins to shoot up drugs into them. Or have sweet dance parties next to the urinal. <laughs> the worst. What the hell? So I'm not gonna shoot up in a cocaine dance or a, not a co a heroin uh, dance club with no music. So we make it to my buddy's apartment and rolling down the window. The window's not even down yet. I've slimed my way out of there. I cut past some old lady. I'm into the apartment building. I'm up the stairs. First empty apartment I can find. I'm in there. I'm on the toilet. Pow! I'm doing work. Key word in the story. The apartment is empty. We have unpacked nothing. There's no toilet paper. And I'm sitting there and I'm doing work. Like, if this was a job, I would have a raise. <laughs> My salary would be very, very high. <laughs> if I was, if this was was a job, I'm sitting there. I'm like, there's no toilet paper. 
I can't handle this. I can't do this right now. I can't use my sock because that would be gross. It's like a dumb and dumber when he's <laughs> taking a crap after he gets the X-Lux. And then she's like, hey, the toilet's broken. And he goes like, whoa, no. Oh, no. So I'm sitting there on the call and the guys, the sonic boom has resided. You know, the sanity has returned to the world. My friends are coming up to check on me. It's like, hey, man. Can you guys go down Do and you get need an IV drip? Are you dehydrated? <laughs> they did bring me a glass of water. So I call them, get the toilet paper. They go down to the moving truck. Dun, 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 dun. They come back up. Hey, guys, we can't find the toilet paper. And I'm sitting there on a pile of nuclear waste <laughs> thinking, well, you guys got to get me something. I need something. I got to take care of this. Come on, guys. They're scavenging through the apartment and what they come back to me with. <laughs> hey Brando, we couldn't find any toilet paper, but we did find this old pair of corduroy pants folded up in the back of the closet. <laughs> so I'm like, well, give me that shit, and I take it. And I'm sitting in there and I got this this pair of corduroy pants. I unfold it, take a leg, and it in it goes, man. And it's now the corduroy pants are doing work. It's their turn. It's their shift. And they would work so good. And they're so great. Cause like the ridges in there, it helps get you all clean and it's nice <laughs> and soft. You know, it's like those bears on that commercial where they're like, oh, this is the softest thing I've ever wiped my butt with. And They've like, obviously never used corduroy pants. Obviously Maybe not. Maybe we should start a monopoly on corduroy toilet paper. We would not need this podcast anymore. No. <laughs> Whoa. So I finished wiping my butt with these corduroy pants. It takes like four like passes, by the way. It was wonderful. I can't say enough things about these corduroy pants. But now I've got this pair of shitty corduroy pants. <laughs> So what are we going to do with them, right? We can't like, flush them. We can't flush those. Oh. We're not going to keep them because that's ridiculous. So over the balcony. Over the balcony. Into the courtyard. This is what any other PA resident would do, I yep. guess. They joined the other pairs of pants, bikes, old barbecues, <laughs> all down in the courtyard of this place. And that's the story of the time I pooped somebody else's pants. <laughs> ah, see, I'm a man of my word. I always keep my promises. <laughs> I didn't they went over the balcony until today. Well, you got to do something with them. That's important. <laughs> That's important to do. <laughs> so anyway. You could have put them in the garbage and in a dumpster. Right. <laughs> no, not just throw them out on the lawn for some kid to it, run their bike over. In PA, that might be somebody's living room, Ryan. <laughs> You've been to PA. I'm from PA. Yeah. You know all about PA. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> so that's the story. That's how it is. That's the, that's the spicy part of my life. Speaking of spice, <laughs> we're talking about spice. What makes something spicy? What made that story spicy? Didn't see that coming. Yep. What makes our show spicy? We have a formula for that. Yep. It's a little bit less, uh, what's it called? Entertaining. Yeah. Well, no, it's still entertaining. Well, but it's, it's, it's less. It's uh, kind of just, it's kind of just uh, raw data. And what do you say? What do you, uh, what do you say? Numbers or radio death. That's what you say. So. We're going to try and keep it off the numbers a little bit, and we'll try and paint you a nice picture of how we'll, this... Yeah let's, yeah, let's go to... Let's try and get some real-world examples. Yeah. I, I, tr I proved to you just now that we can paint you a picture and tell you a fun story. So we're going to do that with this thing as well. Um, we're going to try. We're going to do our, we're gonna do our damnedest. <clears throat> um, so right off the top, when we came up with the idea for this show, the first thing we did was we sat down, we came up with all the things that could make a deck unique. Make it individual, custom to you, give you a neat gameplay experience. Why would anybody else want to play this? Here's why. And it does, it's not just because it wins all the time. If it wins all the time, it's probably not the spiciest Yeah, th thing. that's a good point because when you look at 
when you look at commander decks or when you look at games of commander mm-hmm. groups um the the politics the i hate the the term social contract it's not like you s- take an oath you know what i mean it's not like any of that it's it's what is generally acceptable when you sit down when you look at that um you don't look at how quickly it wins by itself to tell you how good the deck is you don't yeah. look at what its win percentage is maybe that's something you track if you're trying to tune for a certain thing a certain if going, parameter if you're going right? to an event and you want to beat a bunch of scrubs and take yeah, a bunch that's of prizes right. when, home but when, when we talk about our spice calculator or spice formula and you look at um one of the things it takes into account is the critical turn or the theoretical critical turn we'll talk about it in a minute um that it or the optimal game size that you're playing the deck in, you could say, okay, this deck is going to be tuned for a four-player game, right? And you could track win percentage in four-player game to see, um, you know, did I hit my critical turn? Did I reach a point in the game where I where I could have secured it or I did secure it? When did that happen? You can you can look and see what those numbers are, but that's not the only thing that you look at when you're talking about how spicy a deck is, how um, unique of a, an experience it gives you every time you play it. You have to look at how many other things are similar to it. The easiest way to to kind of decide how sim or how many other things that are similar to it are is how many other commanders are doing the same thing, right? right? How many other commanders, like, is there other cards that are legendary creatures that do the same thing? Um, that's that's there isn't really. Yeah. Um, that's what makes them legendary, I would assume. <laughs> that is what makes them legendary. But you could look like, uh, or you could look at, for example, the, the greatest example of this is uh, Ascendant Evancar and the, what's the white one? Crovax Ascendant Cro- Hero. Crovax Ascendant Hero. They're the same card pretty much, uh, but one's black and one's white. Correct. Right? And one of them goes back into your hand and... The other one gives all your opponents, or all non-black creatures, minus one, no, minus one. They all do that. Oh, they all they do bo- that? Yeah, they both do that. I think the... Uh, what's the, the black one doing? again? I think it flies. Flying? I don't know. I suppose we could look it up. But anyways, they're... It's, it's unimportant. They're them. of a very, or a part of a very exclusive club where... Um, they're functionally identical, basically. Functionally very similar. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that was the... Right? Their plane shifted. The Crovax yeah, Ascended Hero was a plane shifted right. version of... Krovax, Ascendant Evancar. That's right. When you look at somebody like Yidris, Maelstrom Wanderer, and um, regular Maelstrom, Maelstrom Wanderer. Yeah. Oh, no. Yidris, Maelstrom Wielder. Maelstrom Wielder, sorry. And yeah. Maelstrom Wanderer. Um, same colors. Or, well, Yidris Basically. has black in it, but let's call it. They have the same colors in the deck. Um, they both have to do with Cascade. They both want you to chain cascade cards together that is one of the strategies that they employ um those decks you could consider as very functionally similar Um, the formula doesn't take into account things that are functionally similar like that but it does um you you would see similarities and if you ran let's say maelstrom wanderer and then took him out and threw him in the garbage and then started to play yidris maelstrom wielder you could just plop Yidris down into the Maelstrom Wanderer deck, and it would probably run very similar. Yeah. Right? Wouldn't now, change it too much. <clears throat> that doesn't make for a very unique game experience. Not at all. But it's also not the only thing that we have to look at, right? You don't yeah. just look at the commander and say, 
this is what it is. This is what I assume I'm going to get, right? Now, we did have the uh, Atraxic kind of challenge out there. Yep. Um, because Atraxic being the most popular commander, I mean, maybe we have seen all iterations of that deck, right? Maybe it is solved. Maybe the couple different variants of Atraxic that you can play are all the same as each other, as each other, right? We're going to crack um, that one, though. We're, we're going we're gonna to try and crack it, though. Yeah. Um, so anyways, let's get into the formula here. And bear with us. There is a little bit of variables and math and boring stuff that you yeah. have to listen to. So, None of it's boring. It's all sweet. And there are Magic limits awesome. on all of the numbers that you can plug in. Math is hard. <laughs> so when, is sweet, we <laughs> when we look at, the first thing that we look at is the popularity. Right. The popularity of the deck is going to give us the multiple, the end multiplier. I talked about that last week. Yep. Right. So, you look at the number of um, decks on EDH Rec. That's where we pull all of our basic numbering from. Is EDHRec.com? Yeah, and I I think that that's fine because it's the commonly used yeah. source now, right? Everybody listening to this show everybody probably has it. used that website. Everybody uses it. That's where the milk list comes from. That's where all kinds of stats. You go onto Twitter or online or you you, you message EDH Rec on any kind of social media platform, they're going to be able to provide you with whatever they need, whatever you need. And to that end, um, if, you, if you're a YouTuber and you watch any of the Mana Source stuff, they, go, they have a series right now of most common cards per color. I think they've done blue. They've done uh, most common cards. They've done uh, red and they've done blue that I've seen. And they're very good because it tells you <clears throat> in, for example, decks that could play blue, um, what are the top 10 most played blue cards? Do they actually use blue cards or do they count Sol Ring? Uh, no. Okay. They, in decks that play blue, these are the cards that are both blue that, that are in those yeah. decks. Okay. Right? Because these cards are blue, like mm. Cyclonic Rift. Most right. popular blue card. Um, um, the the new the better clone. What is it? The blue blue two copies an instant or or copies a. Uh, I don't know. There's a clone card in there. Yeah. There's um, rights of repl right of replication is in there because it's Good blue. One. It's one of the most popular blue cards. Right? right. Okay. So that's the kind of thing that we're looking at. Yeah. Right? Uh, anyways, so we're taking the popularity of a deck. And the more common the card is, the less spicy it is, is what we're trying to say. Yeah, exactly. So taking the popularity, we're timesing that number by 0. 0.0001. Okay. So for example, if you have um, 999 lists for a particular commander, that is 0.999. Right? right, you times it by point zero 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 one. Yeah. Okay. So, so how we get our spiciness popularity multiplier is we take a maximum multiplier number of one point five, minus it from that point zero or that point nine nine nine, right? Right. So that'll give you whatever it gives you, right? Like, let's say you have fifteen hundred deck lists. And you multiply that by 0. 0.0001, that gives you 1.5. Right. Right? Right. So when you hit that 1,500 deck list um, limit, 
That's what, as high as you go. I mean, now you're into what there's you're, just too many dicks. Exactly. What you're doing is 1.5 minus 1.5, right? But you can't have a multiplier of zero. Right. So your multiplier has to be at least one or greater, right? So the next thing we're looking at is average converted mana cost, and that you can obtain on tapped out. Tappedout.net gives you the average converted mana cost of the deck. Now, theoretically, the lower the converted mana cost, the closer it's going to resemble something like a modern deck, a legacy deck, or even a vintage deck, right? It's, it's, be, be, yeah, it's stuff full of staples. It's stuff, stuff full, of, full of staples, stuff that's quick, good removal spells, common removal spells, common combo cards that yeah. are common to... Um, all, all manner of formats. You're Ad nauseum tendrils in vintage. Exactly. Like you could play... You could play a Loro and make it a Lab Maniac deck and just play Ad Nauseum and draw your whole hand, storm out with black and blue dot one drop or zero drop yeah. and cast Ad Nauseum Tendrils yeah. or yeah, draw your whole deck in Lab Maniac. Right? You've basically just extended a Legacy deck into an EDH deck. Yeah. So it's going to lower how... You can play Counterbalance Top in that same deck and then you have two of the same or you have two different Legacy decks jammed into one deck because they share a common mana base and the average converted mana cost of that deck is going to be like 1.5. Very low. Right? Or, or it's going to be under 2. So yeah. the lower that converted mana cost, the theoretically yeah. less spicy the deck is. Yeah. More people play Brainstorm than Dragon Mage. Ooh. Yep. Yep. Every time. Yep. Dragon Mage. He costs like eight, nine. Too damn many. Eight. That's how many he costs. Too uh, damn many. Better example. More people play uh, Wheel of Fortune than Dragon Mage. And Dragon Mage is just like a creature that does Wheel of Fortune, right? I don't even know what he does. I just know he's his card. <laughs> okay. I don't even care what That's he does. That's what he does. I just know that he costs a whole lot and nobody plays him. Yep. Especially if they're given the chance between that and Brainstorm. Yeah. Yep. Or Wheel of Fortune. Or Wheel of Fortune. Okay. So or Lightning Bolt or anything else. Theoretical critical turn. Let's talk about that. Okay. The turn, I, I think of it as the turn that uninterrupted you have... You are able to win. Not the turn that you win on, not the turn that you make infinite mana and make your opponent draw their deck, but the turn that once secured this game state or this card that you have to tutor for, etc. Yeah. Once you do, upon going forward from that turn uninterrupted, you will win. Yes. I have my Cranko, I have three goblins. As long as nobody kills anything, starting now, I will. Bust a skull every turn until I win. Yeah. And a lot of the time, critical turn is is confused with the turn that you do win because sometimes, or a lot of the time, they are the same turn. Yep. Right? Hermit Druid. Yeah, exactly. Hermit Druid uninterrupted. It happens. You win. Yeah. It's not like a Voltron deck, like an Omnath or a Uriel the Miststalker. Where, where it's yeah. like... Now I can start killing people as long as nobody yeah. kills my general. I'm going to kill a yeah. guy every turn until yeah. I win. And Shu Yun is crazy for that because it's like, okay, you drop them on turn two or three and turn, let's call it four. Maybe Shu Yun has a critical turn of four because you have a mitt full of instants and sorceries. You swing in with four mana open, bang, 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 take 20. Right? Yep. Um, so Shu Yun's critical turn would theoretically be four. Four, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, critical turn. Optimal game size is the next thing that you that we talk about. An optimal game size, I think, is 
you need to explain it. And it's probably each of these things could probably be their own episode, but mm. optimal game size is really like its own thing. It's the optimal amount of other players that you're playing against, or, or sorry, not the other players you're playing against. It's the total number of players in the game that your deck is tuned to play in. Yes. Right? The more tuned your deck is, the faster, the more efficient, the fewer players you probably not want, but need. If you're going to play a super efficient, super fast, super aggressive deck, you probably want to kill two, three people, maybe only one other person. Because if you've ever played something like an aggro deck or a burn deck, eventually you just run out of gas. And once you're out of gas, if there's one person left standing, they're going to beat the crap out of you. Yeah. Now, there are exceptions where, um, again, going back to that Lab Maniac example, um, where you just win the game. You can do it on turn two or one or three or whatever, depending on your exact build. God hand. You could CCO hand. Christian Coalition Outreach hand. You (laughs) could have a turn one win with Lab Maniac. I get it. Um, If your optimal game size is tuned for 1v1 and you sit down in a five-player game and play that deck, you're probably not going to win because you might not have enough answers to deal with four other opponents. You might not have the top end because you have to kill four times as many people um, and your deck doesn't have the firepower to do so, horsepower to do so, um, other people are going to catch up to that fast start that you had as a result of being a highly tuned specific deck. And you're going to get surpassed, rolled over, or they're going to perceive you as a threat early on and not forget about that by turn five or six. And all their resources are going to be spent on killing you. And there's a lot, there can be a lot of resources in three kind of jacked up, not very good decks. There can be a lot of things that can mess you up. Well, it it goes back to if you're first or last, we've mentioned it before, right? So you come out of the gate swinging, you're going to crush everybody because your deck's so fast and so tuned, but now there's four people that you have to fight and four bad decks against one good deck. If it's not a dedicated infinite combo, instant win deck on turn three, that's going to be an uphill battle. Yes, that's right? exactly what I was going to say. And it's it's easy for four people to push than for you to push uphill. What, what there's a there's a there's a term for that or a saying for that, isn't there? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, they're those... trying to ice skate uphill. That's what you're trying to do if you're trying <laughs> yeah. to beat four people. Like Red Bull crashed ice. Exactly. Yeah. I just thought, is that still a thing? No. Really? No. I don't think it is. Probably is. People love that stuff. It might be. I don't know. It Whatever. doesn't matter. So, next thing, uniqueness rating. We talk about that. We look at edhrec.com. We see how many matches there are. Yep. Right? So, non-land cards, count them up. Non-lands and uh, I guess if lands are in the signature card category uh, up at the top of the page, we count those. Yes. Um, But when you hit the lands section, those are lands that just, by and large, match the colors of the deck. They're efficient and they're in the deck. Yeah. If there is a card, like in my Karloff deck, there is um, Seraph Sanctuary. Sure. That's the one that gains you a life right? Uh, when you play it or whatever. goes in Karloff, right? That's in the signature or the, or the popular card section of edhrec.com for Karloff because it gains you a life, and that's what Karloff wants you to do. It's weaponizing life gain. Yes. Right? So or Hirobi has Oasis. Yeah, exactly. So you count those lands. So what you do is you take your 100 cards, Right, you minus all of your lands out of there because we're not counting lands. So no. all of a sudden, let's say you have 
60 cards, 65 cards. Sure. Right? Then you count down through the list on EDH Rec, and you have, what, 35, 45 matches. Yeah. Right? So you take your 65 that are left, minus your 45 matches, you have a uniqueness rating of 20 cards. Which is a good rating, by yeah. the way. That's 20 good. cards different than the average list on EDH Rec. And when you look at EDH Rec, when you scroll down the page for any commander, it's not like they give you 100 cards. They give you like 160 or 170 or whatever it is. There's a number. And you could have a uniqueness rating of zero. Yeah, you're not very creative. Like my Zata list has a uniqueness rating of like seven. Yeah. Right. Yours is like 10 or 11 or 15. Yeah, mine wasn't very good either. Something low. Yeah. And we've talked about that in the past, right? Yeah. Like some decks, you 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 have to have that low uniqueness rating. Um, Sirac from last week was, what did we say? Like seventy or something, uh, yeah, or sixty-four, thirty-nine. Yeah, it was super high. It was, it was, nuts. and that's what led to the high uniqueness or the high spiciness because Correct. so much of it was different from the average list. Yeah, and that's what's gonna when you sit down surprise people the most is oh I'm playing an Animar deck I'm just gonna combo and go infinite on turn three or four or whatever right? Uh, what if I'm playing morph Animar? All of the cards in the deck aren't what's on EDH Rec. You've never seen this deck before because it's a cool morph deck. And the first card you play in Animar is a Scornful Egoist. Nobody that? sees that coming. It's a 1-1 one, one for 7 or 8. Oh, he, and he's a morpher. Yeah, and he yeah, morphs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cast him for, uh, for three. blue and 7. Yeah. He's a 1-1 one, one wiz, human wizard. Yeah. Uh, or you morph him face down for 3. Yeah, and then you can and flip you him for flip one, him I up think. For one. So he costs four for a one one. He's still terrible. Yeah, he's a terrible card. He's there to make other cards. You can work. also play him in Ixidor Reality Sculptor. I, you could play Ixidor in uh, Animar. Yep. Ixidron. And he, Ixid- That's the one that flips everything up, flips, flips all of the creatures over. That's a really good card, uh, by the Ixidron? way. Ixidron? Or is it flipped everything down? We were talking, I'm talking about, about Ixidor, the reality shaper, like the actual legendary dude from Onslaught. We were talking last week about Marsh Casualties. Yes. When is Marsh Casualties a really good sweeper? If you play Ixodron to turn all the creatures on the table into two two colorless bros, and then Marsh, Marsh Casualties, casualties them. Or if you kick minus, it. Oh, if you kick it. Yep. Yeah. There, there's there we go. I, go. I broke the card. I cracked it. You spicy. guys are all welcome. Spicy AF. That's yep. the spicy sound. Uniqueness rating. One of the things we look at. The next yeah. thing, tutors. How yep. many tutors? And and tutors are always a controversial or hot button thing, or they, sometimes they make people they, they cheese people up, whatever it is. Yeah, people don't let tutors. Um, the more tutors you have, the less spicy, because a tutor represents every single other card in your deck. A tutor represents a redundancy. Yeah. Is I shouldn't it say it's every other card in your deck, because some suitor, some tutors can't find certain cards. It but... represents the card that you friggin' want, though. Yeah. Like, when I play Enlightened Tutor in my Sliver deck, you goddamn well know that I'm finding that Intruder Alarm. Yeah, I mean, you you're know go that. Infinite. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm that's what I'm doing. It's yeah. like, oh, look at me, I played Intruder Alarm, finding card. Prepare for intruder alarm. That's what I played. That's yeah. what tutors do. Yeah. And everybody knows that. So a tutor drives you away from the unique gameplay experience because a lot of the time you are looking for the same thing, the same type of thing, yeah. another one of something that you already have. You never example, unattach right? a sun forger for anything but a removal spell. Nobody's going to be surprised when you pull out that path after you've unattached your sun forger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nobody. That's right. That's right. Um, the only time that that doesn't apply is when you're looking for lands. Like a fetch land doesn't count as a tutor. Yes. Right? Or my a... scape shift did in my 62 land Togatog tog deck, but that finds guild gates. Guild gates win you the game. So Correct. Right? It's a thing. So how does all that give us a number? And again, just bear with us. So 
we're taking our 1.5 minus our popularity, and we are multiplying that by our converted mana cost plus our critical turn plus our optimal game size. Yep. That gives us one number. And then we are taking our uniqueness rating and dividing it by the square root of our tutors. Insanity. Yep. And generally, that gives you a number of, uh, what, 20, 30, 40. Yep. Um, Surak was 70, 70, 70, whatever. 70. And by and large, I mean, we take that uniqueness rating, we're adding it to all those other things. So whenever you add, when you just plain old add, you're getting those numbers, yep. right? So when you switch out something like an Eternal Witness, which you didn't play, for a uh, Scorned, Scorned Villager. Villager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you play a Scorned Villager, you're just getting that uniqueness rating right there. That's yep. one more card, right? You uh, you take out that dude that draws you for every creature with power four or greater, yep. and you add in, name another... Um, Teamer draw spell. Uh, Mole Drifter. Uh, That's one. He's definitely in there. Oh, don't count him. Okay. He's not adding to the uniqueness rating if he's already. Oh, in the we're list. adding to you. We're adding to the uniqueness yeah. rating. Uh, I don't even know anything that would draw you a card that doesn't take away from the uniqueness rating. Yeah, pick something that's weird. Pick a uh, fecundity. Fecundity. Good There's one. one. That's right. Creature dies, its controller draws a card. It's an enchantment. Yep. It's in Dirty Kitty, my very favorite magic deck of all time. Ooh, very good. Yep. We'll talk about that fact, someday. Well, let's, make it, let's make a commander deck out of Dirty Kitty. Oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, write it down. Where yeah, am I writing this? Put it down. Just write it down. Write it on the back of that sheet. Put uh, it down. Get uh, it on there. Oh, wait. This is potential brews. Hey, this is the perfect place to write this. Boom! Dirty. Are we allowed to say Dirty Kitty? Of course we can. We can say whatever we want. It's our podcast. Um, we try to keep it PG because the website and, you know, Broadcasting standards and stuff. Yeah, we don't want to be those guys. Yep. Yeah. It's like being the uh, infinite turn guy at the table if you're swearing too much on podcast. Yeah. I suppose, yeah. Yeah. So the the couple other limits are, I mean, your your tutors, it has to be set to one in the formula because you can't divide by zero, right? Correct. Okay, so that if you have zero tutors. Uh, Every deck has something that searches for something, so let's just. Yeah, and if, yeah. It, and if you set tutors to one and you have one, it gives you the same number as if you, you had actually had one. Yeah, like one or none. One. Like whatever. It's not perfect. Shut up. I'm not a mathematician. Yeah, we. this is something we came up with. Ryan works in the oil patch and is a track coach. I work at a radio station. Neither one of us are mathematicians. We just drink beer and play magic. That's what oh, we do. Oh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. The critical turn, the maximum is uh, is five, and the optimal game size is six. And we've talked about playing six six plus player games yeah. before and that seems to be all we're doing lately and i i suck at them yeah i kind of don't I'm, never win and i just get mad i'm getting tired of them just because they can go so long we played it there was a game at our quick side at our last meetup of our tuesday night magic group me and two other guys played four games of commander real quick and none of our decks are super fast and them are tuned for small games we played four games and at the other table, there was two Voltron decks, an Elf Ball deck, and Rafiki of the Lots, or many, all in one game. And I'll bet you that game went for like two and a half hours and ended only because there was a misplay. And I have no idea how that happened. That blows my mind. 
So those are why I don't kind of like those big games. That was a four-player game. If that was a six-player game, oh, Jesus, imagine. that would have taken for freaking ever. Yeah. And there's always that one guy who's mana screwed the whole time. JJ. And he, yeah, there he <laughs> is. Sorry, JJ. And he just sits there and he like never. And when he finally does get to do something, it's just to hose everyone. And you're uh, like, oh, now the game's going to go another 20 minutes. Yeah. It's already Because he's behind. Of course he's going to wrath. Of course he's going to destroy your one dude that you're going to kill somebody with. It's not even him. Exactly. It's F you, JJ. F you, Jeff. Yes. F you, Jesse. F you, everybody. Correct. Yeah, so, yeah, that's the thing. That's the optimal game size and why those big games, yes, they happen, but never build for an eight-player yeah, game. Yeah, don't build for an eight-player game. Yeah. That's the key, yeah. right? Okay, I and, get it. Okay, you you have uh, you have you squeeze an extra board wipe in there, right? Because right. there's you're playing four or five other players. There's yeah. going to be more creatures. You're going to get more value out of that card. I get it. Sure, yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean squeeze 15 Wraths into one deck. I had a deck one time that had 12 Wraths in it. It was terrible. Didn't do anything. All it does is keep other people from having fun. And Commander's supposed to be oh, It keeps fun. other people from playing the game. Yeah. Right? If you want to make people not play and not have any fun, play Vintage. Play Tiny Leaders. That's the least fun format in frickin' Magic. Just run along and play that. But leave Commander yeah. alone if you're just there and, to Wrath and, Boards. And and we've gone on for a while, and I mean, that's, that's why... Um, we say optimal game size can lead to its own episode or episodes yeah. um, because we could talk about building for mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five, mm-hmm. six player games. We could talk about, um, you know, ratios of, of instant sorceries, creatures, mm-hmm. combo, Voltron, and all these different size of games. Um, I've got a list, actually. Do we want to get into the list at all? Let's wait about the list another time. I don't know time. if we want to get into the list. but Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll stick to our topic of the topic du jour. Some French for you. Topic du jour. So I don't can know. I tell the du jour story? So do I have time? Do I, can, I, can I take oh, yeah. like two seconds to tell the du jour well, you're, story? You're the time guy, so okay. take the time. Du jour means of the day. One of my very favorite movies of all time is Josie and the Pussycats. And that movie opens up with a band called du jour that is a bunch of corporate puppets getting into an airplane crash. And it took me a long time to realize that their name actually meant that they're like the next disposable boy band of the day who will be tossed one day. I never I never picked up on that for a long time, and I felt kind of dumb. But I'm going to admit it on the on the podcast, because I have a podcast now, and I'm awesome. And it doesn't I, matter that I didn't know what du jour meant. I don't know what that means. Du jour? Uh, no, I don't know what, what you're talking about. <laughs> what are you even... Josie and the Pussycats? Josie and the Pussycats movie. It's about product placement. Everybody should watch it. It's very uh, good. I'm trying to fill time while you find stuff on the internet. Oh no, man. I'm not. I'm not looking for anything. I'm just. I'm looking at an Atraxa list. What are we I'm, looking at an Atraxa list? Well, for? I, no, I'm. I'm just interested in in what kind of. Um, He's setting up for our our sweet contest. If any of you guys want to send in a spicy Atraxa yeah, no, list, because we're going to try and build one. But if we're going to do that, we might need some help. If you have something that you think hasn't been done with Atraxa, let us know, and we'll talk about it. We'll give you full credit, obviously. But. Uh, I'm I'm looking at an Atraxa list. I plugged in some Atraxa numbers. Um, so at the time of this recording, there are 2,496 Atraxa lists. So let's call it 2,500 Atraxa yeah. lists. By far and away the I don't most think popular that commander. The four list would change the uniqueness rating. No. Oh, no, it wouldn't because it's over 1,500. It's, yeah, it's a multiplier of one now. Yeah. Okay, so when you look at our, our spice formula, and again, popularity, Converted mana cost, critical turn, optimal game size, 
uniqueness rating and yep. tutors. Correct. Those are the things that we look at. Not to be confused with two does, which is another word for cat. I'm just throwing that in there. Okay. I'm just throwing that in there. Okay. Now, I pulled up a random, just clicked on the first one I saw, attracts a list on e, or on uh, tapout.net. Okay. We don't have one. Um, CCO podcast on tapout.net if you want to see what we do have. Yeah. Um, average converted mana cost in that deck, 343. So, not bad. Yeah, about average. Yeah, I think that that's average. Uh, 350 is probably average. Now, I maxed out critical turn and optimal game size because... J just to max it out, to see how high we could get it. Um, now, when we look at the uniqueness rating, there, I mean, and we can set it to a few different things and give you a few different numbers. We set it to five because I'm playing Super Friends. I'm just cramming all the Planeswalkers and Planeswalker tutors in there. Right. It gives me a spicy rating of 23. Not that spicy. That's not very like, good. That's how spicy Zada was, and Zada is a very specific list. You can only run so many different cards before you're not playing Zada anymore. Yeah, to right? run Zada, you're required like, to run a, like, what, 20-something cards, I think we ended up saying? That are common to all Zada lists. Yeah, they just have and to be there. And it's still as unique and spicy as Atraxa. Yeah, and Atraxa doesn't need, well, in air quotes, it doesn't need these 20 cards. It doesn't yeah. need every red cantrip spell. Yeah. Now, let's set that uniqueness rating to 15. That gives us a boost of 10 spices. Ooh. 33. Now, I'm thinking, okay, uh, I'm playing Infect Atraxa. There is a quicker critical turn, let's call it five, and the optimal game size for Infect Atraxa might be four people instead of five because you're playing a quicker, more specific, finer-tuned game. And you got to get in there with a little tiny dude. And you got to get you got to play those little infect dudes that statistically aren't that good in EDH just cuz they're not that big. Yeah, well I mean the only really I wouldn't say good one is what is it? Plague Mirror and Plague good. I like him. I, I play him lots. Maybe Glistener Elf. Glistener it, Elf, yeah. Cuz it's like fast. It. You can get that early token in and you can proliferate that shit. Yep. Past that, they kind of suck. Well, and here's the thing. We talked about this, and again, optimal game size could be its own thing. Yep. Converted mana cost of things are going down. Yep. Theoretically, that that's trending towards a smaller game size. Yeah. I mean, it's are also those translating two into it probably translates into more removal. Yep. Like efficient removal for little dudes. Or like, spot removal as opposed to wrath. Of gods. Exactly. Like I don't. Right? I don't. I wouldn't say when EDH became a thing. I don't think too many people played Lightning Bolt. I would not be surprised now if, if people started people running are cramming bolt. lightning bolt in to, to in deal with little decks. to deal with garbage like listener elf to deal with stupid one mana little, kill a thing. It used to be one mana deal three damage to something, but now it's one mana it, kill something. It's back to being a removal spell as opposed to a damage spell in EDH. Yeah, it could be. It'd be interesting. I, mean, I think it'd be interesting. EDHrec.com. Donald Miner, you tell us how many yeah how many lightning bolts. I, I suppose we could look, but that if that though so if you, let if him you do it. tune it down for a smaller play group or a smaller game, quicker critical turn, um, you're looking at a fairly low spicy rating of 30. Right? That's pretty low still. That is with one tutor. All and of a sudden you start jamming Demonic Tutor, Vampiric Tutor, because they're both black. Yeah, and they're both in Atraxa yeah. lists. Yeah, you want Mystical Tutor to find you your tainted, Demonic tutor? tainted Strike? 
Is that the? Uh, that's yep. Is that's, that the? I think so. Yeah. The instant one plus one plus one and, or plus one plus one and vex. I believe so. You want your mystical tutor? Okay, that's all of a sudden three tutors. It's another. It's another efficient tutor. Oh, you want beseech the queen? It's four mm. tutors. Yep. You want to play? I guess you could probably play worldly tutor in there too. Worldly tutor because it is white. You or green, I mean. You might play Gamble. Who knows? Like in, no, I guess you can't, can't play, play gamble. gamble. That's the one you can't play. Let's go with four tutors. I think four. that that's we're, fine we're across being a four-color deck. Yeah, we're being generous now. Even I mean, if it's... Let's go with four. Let's see what it gives it's us. It's four. It's four, man. You, you play four. Four man. tutors? 23. We're back to that 23 rating again. Yep. Low, 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 And low, I mean, not low. not that not that it's bad to have a deck that's not spicy. I mean, build a Traxa if you want to build a Traxa, but... Yeah, build decks that you like to play. You're not doing anything original. Yeah. You don't have to do anything that's original. You see where this is going? Like, it's it's just a metric by which we can judge the decks that we want to talk about. Yeah. Right? It's Good. not that... Uh, if it's something that everybody's done, everybody's doing, everybody's... Then why should we waste our time talking about it? And the other thing, too, is we go back to that Animar example... Um, when I sit down, everybody knows that my Animar is not Morph Animar. It's Combo Animar. It kills you on turn three yep. or four, right? Um, I mean, if that's if if you're sitting down with your play group and they know that, and that's the experience that you want to have when you sit down is try and beat everybody, you're turning into Arch Enemy, right? Yep. Um, if that's what you want. Then that's, that's your bed. You've made it. You've got to lie in it. Now. And you're looking you're at a good hour to sit in there by yourself because you're either going to win and they're just going to kick you out of the game and keep playing without you. Yeah. Or they're just going to kill you. Yeah. Like if I see you pull out your Animar sleeves, I will pull out my Krenko sleeves knowing I'm going to have backup and I'm, I'll am i get you. Yeah. Like it's a thing. Because I'll be first out of the gate because my deck's the fastest. Yep. And you'll be the second fastest because you're playing a deck designed to beat my deck. Yep. And everybody else will be versus me because I'm the first place guy again, right? Yep. And they will leave me all alone and then I'll kill all of them. So too. no complaining when you play a deck that is um, It's got a super low spice rating because it's super common and probably super tuned and probably super efficient yeah. and deserves the hate that it's getting, quite frankly. Yeah. I now think. let's talk about decks that are that are tuned good. Let's call them good, that have a high spice rating. Um, what does that deck look like, I wonder? Can you have a tuned deck that isn't, you know, on EDH rec with a thousand plus lists? Does that deck exist? We've done it. I think that it does, yeah, right? I mean, uh, a Tog, a Tog had really high. I don't know if it, we would call that tuned. A Tog, a Tog. Um, well, here's the yeah. thing. Um, five or six player games. That's how we punched it into the formula. Yeah. Um, does it win? It's won a few games that I've played it. Um is it the first one knocked out? No, it's got lots of defenses. It's tuned to have a lot of defenses so it can play the long game in five or six player games. Yep. Uh, I think that's important to note that um, it's it plays pl- powerful cards. It plays some really bad cards in the guild yeah. gates, um, but it's designed to um, kind of pad its own life total be, uh, via blockers yep. or via damage prevention. Um, so it still does pretty good, and it's tuned for those big games. Yeah. And like Hirobi too had a really high spice mm-hmm. rate and it was tuned. Like it, it, improvements could be made. Mm-hmm. But it's tuned enough where it does exactly what it sets out to do and it's consistent in what it's trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think any deck should be but it's not super common therefore it has a higher spice rating. Mm-hmm. Which makes it super fun for me at least 
Mm-hmm. And possibly for you, I don't know. Uh, but uh, maybe the first time. Maybe <laughs> the first time I play it. But yeah, like it's but that's kind of where we we come from on those things is. Yep. Yeah, like we want to talk about decks that give you a different and unique play experience. I think that's the key, and that's why we go after tutors so much. Like yep. less so with Ryan's Animar, because while it is a combo deck, it does run turn three. It wins in all of it is combo, but sometimes the combo is a little bit different. If you contrast that with my kind of lower end, lowbrow combo tune deck is my sliver deck, and it literally wins in exactly the same way mm-hmm. every single time it wins. It'd be interesting interesting yeah. to punch up the sliver numbers into the spice yeah. formula. Because like, my slivers go to, here's what they do. They go to eight land, then they win. They go to eight land in there, they will drop one of the four combo pieces, and as long as that remains unmolested and I have access to eight mana, I will win, period. Yeah. And that's how it... So, ha, huh, okay, let's talk about that in context of the formula. Um sure. How quickly does it get there? Um, with the, As in, what is its theoretical critical turn? Theoretical critical turn is probably four or five, if I get my ramp spells out. Four or five, and we can talk about exactly how that's determined through the probability of, let's say, hitting... Or getting to eight land by X turn. Okay, eight, eight land mana. by or eight mana. Eight mana. That's eight important. Eight mana by turn five. Yeah. Eight mana by turn four. Right. Like it can be done. What's the probability? You can look at that and 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 see how what that critical turn is. Right? Yes. There is ways to. I'm sure there's articles. I'm going to look up an article. Yeah, we let's, can look. We can look write in, that down. We can look into that. When we when we get to our uh, redundant deck. Speaking about episode, we can kind of look, we can reference that article and we can talk about exactly why Animar and our Sli- and Sliver Overlord just aren't. Yeah, what are, spicy what are, at all. what are some what are some other good combo decks like that? That we play or that exist? Uh, like anything, I guess. I mean, there are I'm thinking of like Xur the Enchanter. I mean, you can search for enchantments that are combo pieces. Yeah, well, I mean, um, most Xur decks are probably the same. They could be like oppressive control decks. Yeah. That turn into a, a Voltron deck to beat this, wholesale ass. What's that guy that gains you life every? No matter where he is, he gains you life. Aloro. I th- I figure most of his decks are kind of not exactly the same, but they're close. You know, what? I feel like there's um the Howling Mind guy too. I feel like there's really torquey Aloro decks like my Lab Maniac deck. That's really just a vintage legacy combo yeah. deck in an Aloro mana package. Right. And then there's uh, Fu Alex. <laughs> Aloro decks like Alex's that look more typical or, or look more like the ones on EDHREC.com where they have those bigger commander-style creatures that happen to have life gain tacked on or yeah. or what have you, right? Um, so I guess we could talk about that, the difference in between. Not not on this episode, of course, but um, in the future we could talk about, you know, the converted mana cost of a combo version of Aloro versus the... Uh, um, the regular Aloro and, and how those uh, spice formulas are different. Yes. Right? So. Like every deck is a little bit different. Any deck you build, any deck we build, any deck you ever see, the odds are you're never going to run into one that has like a zero spice rating. The odd, like, you know what I mean? Like it's just every card uh, in it is totally yeah, common I, and done and it's I been done before. I believe you can't because you're adding things and multiplying things. Yes. So technically you can't. Yeah, but I mean, the, if you if we were to build a deck and look at it and say, oh, our uniqueness rating is zero, 
why bought like mm-hmm. holy crap i'm gonna find out what the lowest spice that you can have is yes lowest we, yeah. spice possible we'll look into that just to see what we can do because I'm, I'm pretty sure that my sliver deck will probably have that i i virtually guarantee if you were to look at those 170 cards every one of them is probably in my deck um and the highest because we're gonna build that deck <laughs> we're gonna build that deck i already did it was surak we talked about it last week uh, I feel like we could go higher. Yeah, we could. We, we could go, just just jam it full of everything from Homelands in the Dark and yes. just pick a general that has zero lists <laughs> and uh, draft common from the dark dot deck. Yeah. What the draft hell? common from the dark Homelands and Fallen Empires dot deck with every like eight, nine, ten drop that we can find with a commander that has zero lists and runs no tutors. Yep. That would be the spiciest deck. So that's. But would you ever want to play that? Obviously, that's where the formula breaks down, right? Yeah. The formula isn't designed for the very top end of trying to get to 100 spicy, right? Yeah. Um, just like when you look at two lists, like the Atraxa list and the Zata list, both had a spiciness of 20 something. Yeah. Um, but it's up to us to break that down. What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. Which and, is why and, we're here. And why they have that. Is it because, like, the Zata list had a uniqueness yeah. rating of seven cards yeah. and the Atraxa list had 2,500 lists? Zata, like a four-times right? ex-wife, comes with a lot of baggage. That's why her spicy rating is yeah, so low. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Yeah. And Atraxa, maybe the same way. I don't I, think she comes with baggage because there are multiple ways to build her. Yeah, Not but, like Zata. It's pretty specific. Yeah, but I feel way, like right? the builds for her, like, all of those things, I guess you can say, everything has a counter on it. But... How are you going to win with counters? You're going to play Super Friends because that's probably why they built her, and you're going to play Infect. Those are the two ways that I would build. Yeah, it. if you want to be, if you want to play something else, she can... has all of the right colors to play Sapperling tokens, and I was talking about that a couple weeks ago. Yep, that's a thing too. Yeah, but then I'm building an Atraxa deck. Yeah, and then you're being Atraxa. Actually, fug off. He has an Atraxa deck, and he has a Gave Guru Spores deck. You were right. Yep, he's playing all of the top tier, <sighs> top tier grit. How many people do I have off the top tier, top 20 decks? Two. Two? Two. I play two of them. I play Omnath and I play Sidisi. Okay, I'm going to check how many I have, and then we're going to call it a night and go drink beer. I love it. Um, All-time top 21 cards. I have Aloro. I have... Ooh. Two. I have Animar. Animar and Aloro. Wow, when did this change so much? It hasn't changed. That's, that's the same as the way it's been for I suppose. quite a while, yeah. Um, man, all of these are like, is there any that are monocolored? Of course not. You know what would be neat? And I'm Unless actually, who smiles at death technically is, but she's got ability that gives her. I'm actually going to try this. What is it? I am going to send a request out because I work at a radio station and I have professional like credentials. to the radio people? Or to our no, not to I to not to the radio people or to the listeners. I'm going to use my credentials as a radio show host. I'm going to try and get somebody that knows about Commander R and D better than us onto the show with us, Ooh. so that they can speak to whether or not they think it's a good thing that all of the most popular, not all of most of the most popular commanders in Commander right now all come out of Commander products. Do they? Because a lot of them do. They don't all. Not all. But, uh, but okay, let's go through it. Atraxa, yes. Brea, Marin, Aloro, Nekazar, Yidris. That's the top six, by the way. Top seven, eight. Top eight 
are all from yeah are all commander yeah. product generals. Sidri and Narset aren't, but they're both three colors. Alesha is not. War Chieftain is. I don't know about these other ones. Omnath is not. Um, Marchesa of the Black Rose is from original conspiracy. Conspiracy, yeah. Um, ooh, Derevi. Ah, I want to say Alara Block. Brago is from Conspiracy. Azuri, Commander, Commander, mm-hmm. Commander, Commander, Commander. Look at that. Yep. So like well, a I mean, vast they're majority. designed I to do that. that. I mean, really and there's there's a plethora of knowledge and and content out there if you want to hear For people's sure. opinions on designing. Yeah. I just think directly be- from Wizards of the Coast for Commander. Some yeah. people are very opposed to it because it leads to them telling us what to play. Exactly, which right? is the antithesis of what the format was initially. But I think it would be neat. I'm gonna try and do that. I don't know if I'll be have any success. But well, there's I do plenty have of a, people. I mean, I will try that. Let, reach out to other casters. Reach out to people in our own local community. Reach out to yeah. anybody that writes or is part of any of the content that's generated on edhrec.com. Yeah. So if you have any thoughts on that, you can email us at commandercookout at gmail.com, uh, and we'll get back to you if you want to be involved in that discussion. We couldn't. We couldn't use CCO podcast because the Christian Coalition Outreach in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, took it from us. Bastards. Uh, you can get us at CCO podcast on Twitter, yeah, which is also where you should go for all of our newest episode releases. And if you retweet our episode releases, help us spread our name out there. You could win a super sweet altered commander card from our boy Ryan here. Yep. Yep, it's going to be great. Um, so on that note, I wonder. I oh. wonder if it's. Do I? No, I was going to say something, but forget it. Yeah, no, don't don't make your life any <laughs> harder, can, man. You can just edit that yeah. out. I'm yeah. busy enough. Yeah. Out it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so for this week, we will catch up with you next week. What are we going to talk about next week? Do you think? Oof. Let's talk about the failure of your one generic mana cost dude. Oh, yeah. That thing Hope crashed. of Gearpore sucks he, bad. Yeah, he crashed and burned almost as bad as werewolves did because you don't even want to try and salvage that thing, I don't think. No, I do. Do you? I do because it's so easy to play. Then we'll salvage it. We'll salvage it here on the show next week. Bang. Okay, so I can hear the music playing in the background again. They're telling us to get out of the studio. We're going to go drink beer and have a good time, which is, I hope, what all of you guys are going to do. Thanks for listening to another episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. We will see you next week. Next week.